Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is the lamb. Where's the lamb? Offended. Yeah. I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I. I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 20. And I'm lucky enough to have another wonderful guest joining me for this episode, Troy McKeady of The Smush Room. Hi, I'm so excited. Troy, I'm so happy you're here. I am too. I've been wanting to do this for a really long time. And like, we've been trying to figure out what reality show to talk about. And I feel like this is... This is going to be good. Oh, this is going to be amazing. I'm really excited. <laughs> um, today we're talking about one of my personal favorite early 2000s reality shows, uh, America's Next Top Model. Yeah. Spe- specifically Cycle 6 um, with the infamous Jade. <laughs> yeah, it's the iconic Jade. Uh, and I just want to say before we even get into it, like how much I love this podcast and how... Hey. No, I'm being serious. Like I think that you are so incredible like I really do first of all you have like the most radio voice I've ever heard in my life (laughs) you sound like you should be doing like voice work and you're just really good at what you're doing and I think that this is really cool Troy you don't even know how much that means coming from you because literally this podcast I'm pretty sure it could be called a spinoff of the smush room (laughs) I the the literal reason I was inspired to do this was I was listening to your episode on what was it Ryan Cabrera and what's her face from pretty whatever that you show oh, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. you mentioned that he she uh Ryan Cabrera dated Ashley Simpson and that was documented on the Ashley Simpson show and I was like oh my god I remember that existed so I went on YouTube that night and literally binge watched the entirety of the Ashley Simpson show and then woke up the next morning I was like we need to be talking about this yeah wow <laughs> the Ashley Simpson show that's I mean you know that you know what that means to me <sighs> And so, yes, it's just so full circle. So I really just appreciate you saying that and appreciate you being here with me yeah, to talk about this amazing reality show. Absolutely. I'm so, so, so happy. And like, I love that you let the guests choose the show because it gives you like, it, I had so much whimsy trying to figure out like which, which show to choose. And America's Next Up Model is a show that I've never talked about like on any podcast. So I'm just like, I have so many things to say. Oh my God, I'm so excited. So tell me, <laughs> what's your background? Like, what's your personal journey with America's Next Top Model? So this show is one of those shows, I don't know if you have shows like this. I feel like reality TV people have this and it's like unspoken. But America's Next Top Model is a show that I internally pride myself on never having missed a season of. Like, it's like some weird thing that I carry around life from like, you know what? I'm a bitch that's ever missed an episode of America's Next Top Model. Like, not many people can say that. I don't even think Tyra could say that. (laughs) You're right, because you know she didn't watch Rita Ora. Exactly. And I only, I mean, I watched up to Rita Ora. I wasn't loyal to the Rita Ora season. That's where I kind of, like, started to teeter off. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for a giant portion of my life, like, this show was a staple. And if you are a Next Top Model head, you know that, like, Tyra used to, um, like the seasons of this show are in quotes because it would come on like spring, summer, fall, and winter. Mm-hmm. That's why there was, I think that they call them cycles instead yeah, they're of they're literally seasons. just cycles. Because <laughs> it was on the whole year. 
uh, we were being bamboozled. But yeah, I, I've never missed an episode of the show. And I think that it's one of the most important reality shows in history. Like so many TV shows that we watch that are popular, the more obvious one being Drag Race, but like so many competition shows have stolen from this show and it's just incredible. It's so true. I didn't even realize until I was, because I mean, honestly, I've, I've rewatched Top Model a lot. So um, I'll just, so my background personally, just a little bit. Um, I used to think, I don't know why, but for some reason, for the longest time, I remember thinking that it was really boring and wanting nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. But then probably like around middle school, I, I think I just like hit puberty and I just decided that I fucking loved America's Next Top Model. And you know how they would always have just those nonstop marathons where they would just play an entire cycle in one day? Yes, absolutely. Whenever that happened, I had to sit down and watch all of it. So I was really loyal. I watched the first 10 cycles and like I've seen the first seven, eight really, but the first seven are like my bread and butter. Um, like I've seen those so many times, but after cycle 10, I just kind of fell off of it. And so I don't have that knowledge of those like middle cycles where things start getting really weird and she starts Mm -hmm. switching it up with like the short season and putting dudes in there and Mm -hmm. giving someone like a beard weave. Like I've seen the stuff, but I didn't, I haven't experienced those yet. Yeah. I mean, it is, I think one of the in my opinion, like, the folklore of Next Top Model, like, in 30 years when we look back on reality shows, I think in a more, in the way that you and I view them, and I don't think a lot of other people do, like, the whole world doesn't see reality shows as these, like, important relics, but one day, people will look back and really have to give these shows the props that they deserve, and I think one of the most interesting things about Top Model that you can't really say for many other reality shows is that we were so much a part of the journey of it sort of floundering. Like, it had no choice but to publicly flounder because it had done everything. Mm-hmm. So then it was like, well, let's just try guys. Let's try... They literally had a season for short girls. <laughs> like, they just did everything they could. They had, like, that UK versus US season. Like, they really tried every single possible, you know, trope they could mm-hmm. think of. And we watched them desperately attempt to try and entertain us. That's so funny because it's like as soon as they started jumping the shark, I just like sensed it and I was like, bye, you've lost your integrity, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, the integrity was totally thrown out the window. Like they just had, and then, I mean, the fact that Tyra left the show because she knew that it was time and then watched it sink even deeper into like a grave Mm -hmm. that she had to come back to it. It's just like, this show is, this show does have like nine lives, really. Just will never end. It's so true. And I did watch Cycle 22, which was the last one before it got like canceled or whatever with Rita Ora with Cycle 23. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember like coming back and watching that, having not seen, like having not watched like a, a season of Top Model since, you know, I kind of left it at Cycle 10. And I was just so confused because it was like futuristic and there were all of mm-hmm. these like pieces of technology they had to interact with. And it felt like they were just living in some kind of cyber world instead of I don't know the rest of the world was still like living in that early 2000s kind of version of top model where people are just in a normal house and the drama is just organic and then here it felt like Tyra took us to like 2037 like in the future all the 2037 not that far off I guess I don't know 2132 I get what you mean it's like a a black mirror future just a, a, a little a little ahead of the time yeah, it's weird. So um, it's interesting that you stayed with it and you kind of, do you feel like um, 
you were the frog that was put in the pot and you like the water started <laughs> boiling and you hadn't jumped out and I just like came in. I was like, oh my God, it's boiling here. <laughs> no, like legit. It's like, there's only maybe, there's a handful of shows that I can say that about that have been on for long enough that it, that it would mean something. Um, like Project Runway is another show that I've never mm-hmm. missed an episode of. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I do... I, I do kind of like look back and I'm like, I can't believe I watched all of the versions of this wacky fucking show. Like all of the judges, all of the the versions of Tyra, all of Tyra's different hair colors. You know what I mean? Like men being introduced. I remember thinking that that was like wild. I was like, I can't yeah. even imagine a world where there's men on this show. Um, so yeah, I mean, it feels like some kind of weird accomplishment. I mean, I'm proud of you for having that. <laughs> Somebody, I know I didn't. <laughs> At least somebody is. All right. So let's get into the background. Um, so it was originally created by Tyra Banks and Ken Mock. I feel like we all know Ken Mock now. So mm-hmm. His face is like burned into our retinas at the end of every episode. Yes. Uh, and the first version, of course, was America's Next Top Model, but it went on to have so many international versions. Um, and it started airing on UPN in 2003. Do you remember UPN? Oh, do I? Oh my god. I was never a UPN head because I really came to Top Model after it had pretty much migrated to what was then the CW. Mm -hmm. But it was just like, I remember knowing that channel name and going back and doing this research. I was just like, this feels like, it's just like, I don't know, an older version of myself is listening to these words. UPN was like, UPN almost has like a, it's like tangible. Like, I feel like I can like smell it and taste it and feel it. It's like I a. Know. It has that vibe. Even as like someone not even watching it, I, I feel that as well. Yeah. Like you, it has an energy. Like it's, it was really low budget, glossy reality television shows that were really, really cheap to produce. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was like just so of the time. It was so of its time period. Um, so yes, so it was on UPN until the UPN merged with the WB, which again, that's just like a blast from the past. Um, so they merged in 2006 to form the CW, and that's where Top Model aired pretty much until up until now, I think, right? Um, yeah. It's on VH1 now. I think now it just recently was on VH1, yeah. Which is like, what is VH1 doing with it took Drag Race, and then it took Top Model... Yeah, VH1 feels very confused as a network. I don't feel like they know who they want to be right now. And then they have, like, I don't know, they have, like, like Love and Hip Hop is, like, their most popular show, mm-hmm. I guess, aside from, like, Drag Race. I feel like they're just generally confused. VH1, I feel like, is another, sh- I mean, it's kind of, like, top model in that it's gone through so many, like, versions of itself. Oh, trying my to figure God. out what it wants to be. I know, because you know in my mind, like, I'm 31, so, like, in my head, when I think of VH1, I'm thinking, like, me being up at my grandma's house at, like, three in the morning and watching Melissa Etheridge videos. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's VH1 to me is, like, alternative rock of the 90s and early 2000s. Right, and then mine is, like, slightly after you because I'm a little bit younger. I'm 26, so I'm just, like, I remember, like, celeb reality. I remember the surreal life, flavor of love, rock of love. Yes. uh, the, The fabulous life of, like, those reality oh my god best week ever i loved best week ever oh the the fabulous life of just almost threw me back out of my chair it's that was so good it was one of my favorite things and i just remember like i don't know being so young and sitting in my living room at my old house that you know i we moved when i was in high school so that was like my childhood home and 
sitting in front of the TV and watching Best Week Ever and then watching like, I love the 80s marathon for Oh 10 my hours. God, yes. I love the 80s. I wish I could recap that, but it would be a terrible recap. <laughs> <laughs> a recap of a show recapping a decade. <laughs> that I personally never experienced. <laughs> All right, so um, Top Model had something like 47, I think I counted, international versions from all over the world. Uh, so either like single country versions, like Britain's Next Top Model, Canada's Next Top Model, there was like Vietnam's Next Top Model. Um, and then they even had multi-country competitions like the Caribbean's Next Top Model, Africa's Next Top Model, and Asia's Next Top Model. Um, and the show itself uh, airs in over 150 countries, which is insane. Like that's Crazy. such a wide global reach. Doesn't um doesn't Heidi Klum host a version of the show somewhere? I feel like yeah, she probably does like Germany's Next Top Model or something. Yeah, like the irony of that. I don't know. That is crazy <laughs> though. Just the reach that this show, just the reach that this little low budget, you know, like dog and pony show on, is it dog and pony? Is that the saying? Yeah, is I it think so. horse and pony? Oh, uh, no. Dog and pony show um <laughs> on UPN that probably cost thirty five dollars to make like is you know it's in every country in the freaking world and just like the impact that it's had just yeah it's insane so in case you have lived in one of the what like 49 countries in the world where it doesn't air um it's a competition reality show where a group of aspiring models live together as they perform challenges and photo shoots in order to win a modeling contract and like other various prizes um typically a photo shoot by world-renowned photographer Gilden Simone <laughs> That was, I mean, I just, like, lived when I watched um, Real Housewives of New York City, and I was like, Ben Simone? Like, world-renowned <laughs> photographer? As in GL? <laughs> um, and so the challenges are supposed to mimic things that they would actually be doing as models, like, you know, practicing their runway walks and going on go-sees, but they also, like, just veered into the ridiculous and sometimes humiliating because it's reality TV and we want drama. Yeah, I mean, like, what this show put these girls through, I was actually, I was telling my friend last night that I was recording this with you, and we were talking about the show, and um, they were, like, we were joking about all the, just, like, the wacky things that they've made the girls do, just, like, to be a model for, like, L'Oreal. It's, like, you have to be able to scale a skyscraper in Las Vegas uh, in heels to do a campaign for foundation. Just go with it. Yeah. I mean, it's so, because even in the earlier seasons where it was just, like, the kind of absurd um, photo shoot concepts where it's, like, you're going to be floating in space, and this is because it's, like, lightweight makeup. <laughs> you're playing a ghoul version of yourself. You're evil inner saboteur. <laughs> and also, like, the really problematic things, like the Got Milk campaign where they literally, like, changed people's ethnicities and put, like, white women in blackface. Oh my god. It's such a, okay, that's the other really interesting thing. Not even just the race thing, but it's such, the challenges are such a look into Tyra Banks's alt, like, psyche, mm -hmm. which is already, like, a really scary place to imagine navigating. And this show has really laid out the way Tyra Banks, like, views the world in this really interesting way. Like, her concepts and ideas for the photo shoots are insane. Yeah, truly. <laughs> And I, I mean, again, like, I don't even have the knowledge of those later seasons really to know how far off the wall it went. So just even judging from the first, like, few seasons, it got very, and I just, like, I know that the producers had to be 
you know, working it and interfering and things like that because of the storylines, like I'm specifically thinking of cycle four with Kenya, who was worried that she was getting fat. And then she immediately got hit like back to back photo shoots where it's like, you're playing gluttony. You're playing an elephant. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You're right. Yes. I love the, the unapologetic editing of this show is another thing that I love really like, I actually forgot about, I don't know how, but I'd forgotten until I watched this episode with Jade and I was like, damn, this show's editing is so unapologetic and in your face. Like the tropes and like, it's like, this is the villain. Here she is. Mm -hmm. And all these things. It's so fun. It's good. Yeah. I like this old style of like mid 2000s editing. That's like a little bit heavy handed, but it's just like, they're, they're having fun with it. Yeah, it's very, it's, and it's, it's like, heavy-handed and also still in some weird way, it's, like, light. Like, the yeah. storylines are also light and, like, throwaway, so easy to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Top Model itself was pretty closely connected with Tyra's talk show, so a lot of the um, episodes of the talk show were dedicated as, like, reunion segments for Top Model, and then some of the uh, former contestants would go on and be correspondents. Did you watch Tyra, the talk show? I did. I hate watched it every day. <laughs> So my stepsister would go through these weird phases of being like obsessed with one TV show and she would just watch it for hours every single day after school. And for some reason, the Tyra show was one of those. So I watched so much of it. Um, And so it's funny because I watched a lot of it, but I don't remember. I like, I don't, I guess we didn't pay attention to these segments or whatever, but Tyra also created like another spinoff of Top Model called Modelville. And so like segments of that ran on the Tyra show. Did you know about that? I don't, I mean, it sounds really familiar. You could literally tell me it was any, like, you could tell me that Modelville was any Tyra Banks branded item. Like, it's like her app. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or it's her interactive mobile game or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, but it sounds familiar. I just, I don't really remember that. Yeah, I, like, it just was, I don't know, maybe it's from, like, the Berenstein Bear dimension and <laughs> <laughs> Left it, but um, so yeah, it featured former contestants living together and competing to win a contract with Carol's Daughter, which is apparently a beauty brand, but it's also something that I've never heard of before. I'm really starting to think this is just from a parallel universe. (laughs) I do know, actually, I surprisingly do know Carol's Daughter because it's like a, it's like a Carol's Daughter. I think I don't really know like a ton about makeup, only like YouTube makeup. Uh, (laughs) but like Carol's Daughter is like the black girl equivalent of like a like a Maybelline like a really basic sort of drugstore okay. brand interesting because um I think some of the I don't know if all of the contestants I would have to go back and check and see if they were black or I feel like at least a few of them were white so it seems weird that they would be yeah competing for that contract but maybe I misread it but I don't know. That's kind of weird. It sounds very Tyra. I mean, yeah. This is also the woman who put people in blackface. Yeah, like... like... No shame, so... (laughs) Um, So, obviously, we've been talking about it. It's had a huge impact on pop culture. Obviously, it's been referenced in all kinds of other shows and being kind of spoofed in a lot of other reality TV shows. Um, And there was even an E! True Hollywood story that featured a lot of the former contestants that I think it was originally only went up to like cycle five and then they went back and did like an update with this uh, contestants up to cycle 10. Oh, I don't even know if I've seen. Actually, I probably did see that, but it's been a really long time. Yeah, I would have to go back. I I didn't. I don't remember that. But um, it was like, you know, a lot of my favorite girls they said had been on it. So I was just like, okay, I need to see this. Um, And then there was also an oxygen show called Top Model Obsessed, which I had not heard of either. What is that? 
I couldn't really tell. It seemed like it was a, what it seemed like to me was that it was, you know how they would just air marathons and then sometimes they would put someone in between being like and like this is a little behind the scenes fun fact like yeah we're going on to the next episode um i think it was like that and it was with uh some of the former contestants hosted it like i think lisa damato hosted it okay but i could just be making that up but i feel like she was one of the ones who hosted it that checks out that it would be like one of those shows where somebody reads like a cue card that's like in this scene so-and-so really had to get her bearings. <laughs> um, and another thing that was interesting was uh, in October 2008, the CW actually announced that it had ordered a spinoff pilot um, called Operation Fabulous. And so it was going to be Jay Manuel and Miss Jay as they traveled the country providing makeovers to everyday women. So kind of like a queer eye yeah. kind of vibe. Now um, that I do remember. And so uh, Tyra and Ken Mock would have been the executive producers, um, but the CW ultimately declined to pick up the show, which is interesting because I feel like they, at this point, Top Model was still going, and Mm -hmm. it was like the Energizer Bunny, like, still going, still Mm -hmm. going. So why not, like, you know, kind of latch on to that, latch on to the hype, and I don't know, it's just interesting that they declined to pick it up. That I remember because I always was like really fascinated in what would, you know, become of like Jay and Miss Jay. Mm-hmm. Like I was always just like, what's gonna like what will the li- what will these two men's lives become when the show is over? Because they are the show. I mean, like Tyra is obviously a massive part of the show, but like what people think of when they think of Top Model is Tyra, Jay, and Miss Jay. Like it's mm-hmm. those three. And then the other people who were kind of, like, in and out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I just I always wondered, like, what would happen with them. And, like, I, I don't know. I felt, I always felt kind of bad that, like, they didn't take off as much as I felt like they should have. I know. They really didn't get, like, the um, recognition. I, I guess Miss J a little bit, but not Miss mm-hmm. J. Mm-mm. Like, not at all. Like, they should have, like, um, like, how the current Queer Eye Fab Five, like, has that kind of cultural just, like, recognition yeah. You know, he at least deserves the level of, like, an Antony. Yeah, just something. I mean, he should have, like, a YouTube channel or something. I mean, yeah. anything. He's really not working. He needs to, um, not to say he's not working, but he's, like, not working his potential star power. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so the show faced some controversies, as we mentioned. Um, it's kind of been accused of being humiliating and degrading to young women and also just setting, like, unrealistic standards for what, you know, people should look like. And even though it's a you know, purports to be very empowering and uplifting. It's also only really features, like, tall, thin, conventionally attractive women. Yeah. Um, And so there was also, uh, what I found interesting was after Cycle 10, um, the producers were served with a lawsuit from the owner of the loft that they used as a top model house, citing damages from the contestants and crew, an estimated $500,000 worth of damages. When did that happen? It says it was after Cycle 10. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so I don't know what really came of that or if they, like, again, this is, like, when I stopped watching, so it's, like, I yeah. wonder if they had to move houses after that and find somewhere else to film. So, like, what I'm picturing is that the giant, like, <laughs> like floor-to-ceiling-sized photos of Tyra all over the house, like, somehow maybe a couple of them fell off. Like, I'm just picturing some of the Tyra-centric art damaged the house, and I'm, like, living for that. They did say that, um, like, the ceilings had been, like, taken out to make room for lighting equipment and stuff. 
I mean, that makes sense. Like, I'm, I'm also picturing Ramona Singer pulling down Dorinda's, pulling the, quote, lights down in Dorinda's uh, fish room and actually just ripping, uh, ripping, like, production lights off. So I could see how that would happen. <laughs> and they did say, yeah, some of it was from, like, the models. Just, like, I know, it's, like, a bunch of young women yeah. like, living together in a house. It's going to get, like, a sorority house, which I'm sure gets really gross. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like we mentioned, we're talking about Cycle 6 with Jade, which did premiere on March 8th, 2006. Um, so where were you when Cycle 6 premiered? 2006. I was graduating high school, becoming a man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Tom>. <laughs> um, still working on it. Um, but yeah, I was graduating high school, and I remember like going into our college house. Like this was, there was a handful of shows in our college house that were like, group shows like we would mm -hmm. watch them like all of our friends would come over and watch them together and this was like one of those shows and it's hilarious because this is like before I was like out of the closet mm -hmm. but like me and every girl in the neighborhood would like be cuddled up in like fucking plaid pajamas watching Next Top Model every week and like screaming oh at the TV so How yeah awesome. we <laughs> I know. as we were like binge drinking and uh, <laughs> alcohol poisoning but yeah uh we this was like a, a really big show for me like graduating high school and going into college even more so than it was beef like prior mm -hmm. so I feel like I don't know you might hate me but I was in seventh grade I was a little young in watching this um this but like fun cycle six and cycle seven were so like those were the ones that I watched live especially cycle seven like and that I have like a whole story about because I watched it live in eighth grade and I remember identifying with Carrie D and thinking Melrose was a bitch yeah. and then I rewatched it when I was 22 and I was like oh my god Melrose did nothing wrong yeah <laughs> it was it was just a journey for me so yes yeah, watching cycle six and cycle seven was like I really remember and I remember watching uh, not watching but reading like flipping through a magazine probably L girl or 17 or something and seeing the promo for Cycle 6 where they were all, like, dressed up as fairies and thinking it was, like, so cute. Yeah, I mean, like, I also remember this being a time, and, like, I'm sure you can attest this, especially because you were younger. Uh, I remember this being, like, a time when, like, reality TV was so sort of new and re these competition shows were so, like, um, like, at their peak at this point that, like, they really did make girls who watch this show think like there is a chance that I oh, could be yes. on this show. Like, oh yes, I knew girls that really took this seriously enough that they would like talk about it just casually with everybody. Like, yeah, like I am going to be on Top Model. We'd be like, what? Like you, like this was like a real thing. Like people legitimately thought like, like she sold you gals a dream. I mean, she really did, and I. I'm five foot oh, like I'm so short. And I knew realistically that I could never be a model because I'm tiny. But I mean, every single time I ended up watching a marathon, I spent like two hours afterwards practicing my runway walk and of like course. learning my angles in the mirror because I was just like, you know what? Like it could happen. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the reason that we all troll Tyra for, like, coming up with terms and shit and, like, smizing is because we're, like, also doing it. Like, I would be, I would be pressed to find any person who has watched this show, especially in their youth, in, like, middle school, high school, college, whatever, and they didn't, like, smize as Tyra was, like, teaching you how to. Girl, oh, come absolutely. on. Come on. But, and it just gave us so much material to use, too. Oh my God, the like, quotes. The smizing, the booty tooching. <laughs> I still remember my favorite thing, my favorite one is 
when she does this, um, she's like trying to explain how to pose and like make your neck look long. And then she holds up like a literal sheet of paper and she's like, look, this is me. You can't see my neck, but I'm not posing with neck. And then she just like stretches her neck, but you still can't see it. And she's like, but now I'm giving you neck, even though you can't see it. Oh my God. I love it. I love it was Tyra. Amazing. And so, yes. It's just so much. It's given us so much. <laughs> I, I heard Tyra once say on, I, I actually think it may have been her talk show or she was on Oprah, um, her idol. And I heard her say once that she, ne- she doesn't get embarrassed. And like, even as a little girl, she never ever felt that like she never felt embarrassment. Like she could do anything. It was her her talk show because I remember her doing some weird thing where she like ran into the audience and like did something embarrassing specifically to show. I really don't feel embarrassment, and it changed completely how I view Tyra Banks. Like, oh yeah, she doesn't feel embarrassed about anything. It's amazing. That really does make it makes a lot of sense, especially yeah. for some of the things that happened on this episode. Oh my. I, I won't even, okay. I'm not gonna, I won't, let's, I won't, I won't do it. I won't spoil it. Let's get into it. We've okay. been talking about this forever. Let's jump into the actual recap. So we okay. are talking about cycle six, episode five, the girl with two bad takes. Yeah. So we get our previously on. And so, um, Nina was, uh, making out, well, not making out really, but just, she kind of kissed on, uh, one of the male models, um, in the previous photo shoot and it made her boyfriend really jealous. Um, and so, uh, Jade was also kind of being the mean girl and was kind of picking on Gina and Gina's confidence was affected and she was sent home. Those are really the main points from the previous episode we want to carry over. Yeah, and I just wanted to really quickly make the point that like, we're talking about Next Top Model and I know that a lot of people listening to this would assume that if we're talking about Top Model then we would talk about the We Were Rooting For You episode. But I chose this one because it's so, like that Rooting For You episode is so iconic that people have talked about it like incessantly for 10 years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is like such a memeable, like I could not believe that we were getting these two memes in one episode. But like, this is the, this is the episode of memes. And I just thought it was like, it deserves to be talked about maybe just as much as Tiff. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, I agree. And I thank you for choosing this episode because as I was watching it, it was just like literally laughing out loud and I'm just like I just don't do that all the time it's <laughs> yeah, so know. important I was too okay sorry go ahead okay so we we get the amazing theme song just like mm-hmm. iconic one of my favorite reality tv show theme songs um and so we open with uh Brooke talking to Sarah and I guess Leslie I wrote Wendy but it's definitely not Wendy because she got eliminated in like the third episode <laughs> Um, and Brooke's worried because she was in the bottom two last week. And so she thinks that, um, you know, she's probably going to get sent home and she knows that she has potential, but she can't really take good photographs. Um, and then another, uh, place, Molly Sue is just talking about how Tyra isn't seeing her personality and she's concerned. So it's just these girls like complaining, sorry, not, uh, complaining and I don't know, being worried about what's going to happen next. I'm just like internally dying at the fact that you just like you describing these girls and one of them being named Molly Sue is just like too much for me. I love Molly Sue. She's the best. She's like, I forgot about how much I loved her. I think I had a straight crush on her. Oh, justice for Molly Sue, really, though. (laughs) The inventor of the bob. (laughs) Um, And so Nina is inside on the phone with her annoying ass boyfriend, John. 
Um, and oh, this God. is just like my first favorite instance of like the semi shady editing that they have. So we get like a flashback to the photo shoot with the male model where they kind of like kissed a little bit and he's labeled as not John. Oh. <laughs> oh my god I love it I love it and like this is one of those things where when you go back and watch a show from this from this era it's like the producers just like some random producer just decided this would be her narrative like of mm-hmm. all the things that she was probably talking to people on the phone about and dealing with like that week it's like we'll just push the story about her boyfriend being like the most prominent thing happening in the entire house Mm -hmm. I mean he was giving some great material though just the way he was crying on the phone it was everything and then the fact that she had explained that the reason he was upset is because she had to kiss a male model it's like they wanted you to like troll him Mm -hmm. because he like wants to take her dream (laughs) (laughs) and so um Nina and Jade talk about it a little bit and Nina saying that you know like their relationship is over which is like the healthy decision to make yeah but jade it's just like she just jumps right into it from the very beginning so um she's basically saying that you know she doesn't have a boyfriend she's free nothing's holding her back she's saying this in a talking head so she's um decided that she's going to try and encourage nina to stay with her boyfriend so that she's distracted in the competition and hopefully she'll do poorly yeah jade is getting like a really iconic villain edit like she's getting the kind of villain edit that if you are going to be edited as a villain you would hope that it would be this way like more wacky than anything yes it's very wacky and it's just like it reminded me a little bit of um drag race season three with shangela when she tried to like manipulate that episode with the um like the performance that they had to do in the various like musical genres yeah and she tried to like manipulate carmen into taking reggae or whatever and she yes was going home all of that stuff and changela just did it so well like she just executed it perfectly and this is just like the other side of the coin when you try so hard to like manipulate the situation it just ends up going nowhere yeah and you can definitely tell that the producers are aware that jade is like their star like she's mm-hmm. you know she's the the person that the show sort of orbits around like everybody talks you know that you're the star of the show when everybody talks about you when you're not in the room like every person who isn't in a room with her is talking about her the entire show mm-hmm. and it's so um i didn't even realize it until like re-watching it now and it becomes so obvious now watching it it's like oh yeah she was like the most amazing thing that was happening this season like she was the best tv Mm-hmm. But I remember just like watching it back then and being like, oh my God, she's such a bitch. Why does she keep getting saved from the bottom too? I know, I know, I know. Isn't it funny when you're able to like break through the ed- like the like fourth wall mm-hmm. as an adult? Okay, so it's the next day and um, Tyra comes into the room of the girls to talk to them. And so as she's talking to them, she starts to space out a little bit and she says that she's kind of tired. She's been working really hard and, you know, she starts to get up and then she falls down and passes out (laughs) and the girls are freaking out and, you know, they're like worried that something's wrong with her. They're checking her pulse. They're like looking around. I'm cause I'm sure there's like a whole room full of producers and cameramen who are just like, yep, nothing to see here. (laughs) Let's zoom in on Tyra dead. And so then she jumps up and says, like, screams, like, today you're going to learn about acting! (laughs) The girl's reaction to her falling, I don't remember being so amazing. Like, (laughs) like, them saying, like, Tyra, no! Tyra, no! And then at one point, I don't know if you heard this or not, but I rebounded about nine times 
one of them goes, Tara, we have pizza. <laughs> no, I didn't catch that. Oh my God. <laughs> we have pizza. <laughs> well, my favorite thing is after Tyra gets up and she's like, it was fake. It was fake. You got to learn how to, you're to learn how to act. And Danielle just looks at her like she wants to punch her in the face. And she's like, that was a good job. <laughs> I love, that's another thing that I wrote in my notes. I love the, the way that the girls have to just like, you know, white knuckle it through these interactions with Tyra <laughs> yes. where they have to act like they're not embarrassed for her. Oh, uh, like this is an okay thing to do to someone yeah to take it because she's like holding your future in her hands <laughs> like they're all just kind of staring at her like blankly like you're fucking nuts like you're crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah and then Feranda literally just got too overwhelmed and started crying which is what i would do if i were that like in that situation yeah, she's really cute. I didn't remember how much I loved her, but she's like a really sweet girl. Feranda, she has that one moment of being a diva, like at, right at the very beginning, and then I think she realizes that like Jade has like the villain on lock, so she just has <laughs> to be like a nice girl. Yeah, you can't out diva Jade. <laughs> um. So anyway, Tyra, you know, jumps up and says that uh, she did that because that they're going to learn about acting this week, and it's all about being convincing. And I was just like, okay, girl, sure. like you didn't just want to like fuck with your like you know these young vulnerable women stanley kubrick style (laughs) like everything is so meta and deep like tyra enough Mm -hmm. of the game then she literally perpetuates the cycle of abuse because she gives them all a gift (laughs) she's like here's a tank top wrapped up in a rubber band for you girls here gals honeymoon stage yeah (laughs) yeah it's just she's like oh well to make up for that here's some shirts and so i guess these shirts are like i think they're from her t-zone camp or something which sidebar is a horrible name because it just makes me think of like an oily t-zone i know agreed um so yeah it just says like their names on the front and then on the back it says i'm going to shine yeah (laughs) i don't i don't know what that's about but they all get these t-shirts um and then the girls go to the groundlings theater to learn about acting I actually was like really into this. I always love when the girls have to, when I know that there's an acting challenge coming, like this is such a double whammy episode. Cause it's like, for me, t- next up models acting challenges are always my favorite of the whole mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. They're um, some of my favorites. I remember the like Dita Von Teese where they had to do the burlesque, like stripped tees. Oh yes. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're um, they're going to learn about uh, acting and they're going to play some improv games. And so Jade has a little uh, talking head where she says that she's always wanted to take a professional acting lesson and that she thinks she's made for the stage, which of course she thinks that. Yeah. I mean, she probably is. Maybe not improv, but something else. <laughs> but like, don't you think that one of the things that makes you love Jade even more is that she's bad at everything? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> like, because she's so confident and it doesn't make any sense because she's bad at every single thing they do. <laughs> And then she just, like, tries to explain it away and, like, blame it Yeah. <laughs> whatever else is happening. Um. So, yeah, they do some improv exercises. Like, this is very basic, like, improv 101 mm-hmm. first day of class. I'm surprised I didn't play fucking Zip Zap Zop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and, like, show me your angry face. And it's yeah. like, everything's hard for them still. Mm-hmm. Act like 
Janice Dickinson. And then I really like Feranda just falls onto the ground. And I was like, are you playing her drunk? Because I love it. <laughs> I know. And even them making that reference, it's like, wow, this era, like we're in this era of not top model where that's like still like um, a hot button. That's like a, a, like what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's like, that's teen. You know what I mean? She just got fired not that many years ago. It's mm-hmm. still kind of, like, risque to even mention her on the show. Well, she was in the first episode of the season when they were doing the, like, interview challenge, like, do a group interview, but there's only, like, two microphones. Really? Oh, my and God, I didn't she, watch yeah. that. Yeah, and then she went out to, um, yeah, this is the episode, too, where she, like, went out to dinner, and I forgot what happened, but she, like, got into an argument with someone, and she's like, zip it, you're dead to me, bitch. Oh, my God, Janice is... Over oh, nothing, literally else. over, like, she said something, and then, like, she said something that was incorrect, I think, about someone, and that person tried to correct her, and she's like, you're dead to me. I amazing. fucking love Janice Dickinson so much, I can't put it into words. So, yeah, they do those improv exercises, and then um, he tries to relate it back to modeling, being like, oh, you're gonna have to portray stuff as a model, and you just have to go for it. Like, I think we already learned this lesson, but okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so then they start playing this, like, tell a story one sentence at a time type game. You know, it's whatever. They're all really bad, like, at their sentences. Like, they don't say any, like, normal sentence that a person would say. It's always just, like, she entered the room and then, like, you know, it's just, like, they use these adverbs and shit. Yeah, they're, like, doing things that they think, like, actors would do. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're all being really super basic is the problem. Um, Ferranda starts speaking, like, a British accent at one point. Yeah. It's like, oh, because actors are all British. <laughs> and so, yeah, Ferranda says that, and then Jade starts to, um, say something. Or maybe Jade starts in the British accent, and then Ferranda goes on to say stuff. Anyway, Jade interrupts her for, like, no reason. And she gets called out immediately by, like, the guy who's leading the acting exercises. Yeah, and there's, like, nothing more uncomfortable than... When- all, you're already, like, in an uncomfortable situation because you're having to improv. And then as you're in the middle of, like, being vulnerable, somebody interrupts you to improv over you. It's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Jade is, would be a horrible improv pop partner because, like, she literally does not listen. And she, like, does not yes and with you. No, absolutely not. She cuts everything off that everybody says and makes a point that is not at all what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, she gets called out, um, and he even says, like, sometimes it's not all about you. I know. Which, like, I love that, because it's like, how do you know everything about Jade, sir? I know, right? It's just, like, her immediate, like, persona. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the girls go back home, and we see another scene of Nina on the phone fighting with her boyfriend. And so Jade's in there, like, in full, trying to be Shangela mode, literally, like, writing sentences out on a post-it for her to read off to her boyfriend. And Nina's just reading them, like, I need you to trust me, John. <laughs> I love that. You're not listening to me. He's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, everyone, I feel like everyone, all three of them are wrong. <laughs> oh, for sure. I and mean, like, just... her, I forgot about her reading that poster. That was really funny. It was so funny because she's just trying so hard to manipulate the situation. And it kills me that Nina's, like, on board with it at all. Like, why would you take any advice from Jade? You're like, how are you that vulnerable, like, that, like, uh, naive that you would even think to read anything that she's writing to you to her, your boyfriend? hmm I mean, it's like, Jade even said, like, she's single. She's not in a relationship. Why are you getting your relationship advice from her? It was also really funny, too, how cold Nina was being to her boyfriend. I love, like, there's, like, a oh moment where she says, like, like, 
if you keep calling me, I'm going to hate you when I come home. Yeah. She was like, really, I mean, she, he was being so smothering and like unsupportive. So she was like, definitely right. But she should have just like set down the boundary and like hung up on him. Yeah. But it was like, to you anymore. I think this is later on in the episode that she says this. He's like, why? Like, I love you. And she's like, well, your love is causing me pain right now. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, that's so true though. Like you're being a bitch to her. Yeah, she was very, like, matter-of-fact about it. It was relatable. Mm-hmm. That's how I deliver. She's, it was very mean. That's how I deliver, like, uh, terrible things. I'm always, like, very, like, deadpan about it and don't realize. And I'm, like, John, just, like, crying on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so the girls get a Tyra mail, and it says, don't be afraid to wild out. Um, so then, movie magic, we head to the set of Wild and Out yeah. to meet Nick Cannon and uh, two other random actors I guess from Wild and Out whose names I didn't write down you mean you didn't need to <laughs> yeah they're not important um so they're gonna play some more games like improv games um for the challenge and then the winner will win a role on the hit UPN show Veronica Mars which is funny because normally I would like call that out as being like oh there's a dated reference but like they're making a new season of Veronica Mars I know, and Wild and Out is still very much on TV, and people like live. Oh, people are obsessed with it. It's crazy. What? Who's Who's Wild and Out? Is it still Nick Cannon? Oh, girl, it is fully Nick Cannon. Like people like watch that. It's like thirteen years later. People are obsessed with it. It does really well. It's like one of MTV's highest rated shows. People love it. It's crazy. I'm shook to my core. Yeah, like Wendy Williams was just on it. I mean, people like go on it. Wow. Okay. Well, good for you, Nick. I guess like you found your niche and you're making money. You have those babies to support. So yeah, he's like a wacky Ryan Seacrest. That's so funny. Okay. Well, good for them. I guess I can't talk shit on wild and outer Veronica Mars. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Crazy. Um, so they play props, which is like, you know, if you watch whose line is it anyway, this is like a core standard game where you like take a prop it's all very, you know, standard stuff, but Danielle makes a bulimia joke, um, oh, which I realized, you know, will not, would not necessarily fly in 2019. Yeah, they're all just doing, like, really basic, like, I'm kind of afraid to be vulnerable, vulnerable right now, so I'm gonna make a real quick, like, one-second joke that, like, yeah. takes no thought or depth at all. Like, it was just, like, basic to the point of being uncomfortable for me. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that, but at the same time, I'm a person who's taken a lot of, like, intro-level drama classes, just as a person who likes to do that sort of thing, but doesn't want to commit to, like, being in the theater. (laughs) So I end up in, like, class with a lot of those kinds of people who are just, like, very surface level and, like, afraid to really commit. So it's just, like, I'm kind of immune to it at this point. I was just like, oh, they did pretty good for models. Yeah, like, that one girl was like, uh, what did she say, like, she, like, put a lampshade on her face and was like, hey, what's up? This is my Cindy Crawford mole. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. like, I'm, Cindy, I'm Cindy Crawford. Should I get this mole removed? Which and they're all like, yes! <laughs> and then Molly Sue has, like, the tire, and she's, like, holding it up to her, like, ear, and she's like, oh, do you like my new hoops? But I'm like, mm, that's a little bit, I don't yeah. know, she had, like, a little bit of a coded accent. Yeah. Just, like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know if you should uh, be doing that as a white woman, Molly Sue. There was a lot of uncomfortable things happening. Could we talk yeah. about that map? Oh, yeah. We'll get to it. We'll get okay. to it. Okay. All right. Um, so before there, we they played questions, which again is another like who's line staple. And this is where Jade truly shines. Well, one of the places where Jade truly shines in this episode. 
Um, so they get, you know, scenarios where they're just supposed to ask questions back and forth. Just, you know, you can't say a statement. You have to ask a question. And the first scenario that Jade gets is a job interview, which should be the easiest of like all of these <laughs> to say, like, just, just do questions. Right. And she opens with, I'm sorry, you don't have the qualification. <laughs> that she did it wrong and she lost she's like man you gotta explain this stuff it's confusing and nick goes the game is called question (laughs) like your only task is to literally ask any question that exists oh my god but it it kills me that it's like that's not even an interview that's straight to like you're not qualified get out of my office (laughs) like she's just trying to find ways to be mean. I know. It's so good. It's so good. So also we get some super fun editing here too, where she gets like a buzzer after she says it. And it's like, not a question, like stamped across the bottom of the screen. Yeah. All right. So then Nick just goes, start with what, where, when, and why. Like if you start with one of those, you'll be fine. And so he's like, okay, next scenario, this should be easier for you. Rich man and poor man. And so then she just goes, my dick is bigger than yours. This woman is iconic. Uh, Which, again, has nothing to do with the scenario because poor men can have big dicks. Yeah, like, she just is, like, trying to find ways to be shady and it keeps backfiring and making her look so dumb. (laughs) And so we we get the other buzzer and then it's, like, definitely not a question. And so (laughs) then we get her talking head and she's, like, she says something like, even though there was laughter and jokes, that wasn't humor to me. I was just like, what, 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 what? And then each time she says what, it like dings and it's like, question, question, yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> like she's, oh God, she got the best edit on this show. Like she is, I, I, I would have been so jealous of her if I was any of the other girls watching the season back. Honestly, even like the two, um, like the winner and the top two, Joni and Danny are just like, eh, you guys are fine. Yeah. You're, you got cr- good personalities, I guess. Yeah, but you won't get these wacky um, edits. Uh, it's like um, Flavor of Love hottie with every time she blinked and they mm. have like, the bicycle bell. Oh my god, I know, I love it. <laughs> it's good. Okay, so now we have what we mentioned earlier. They have a rap battle game. And it's, oh, it's rough, huh? It is. My, every hair on my arm went ping. I, like, literally was so uncomfortable. I had to rewind it. (laughs) It was horrific. And I actually, like, I had to write down Jade's rap. Okay, but before we get to Jade, I do want to say that Joni's was pretty good, all things considered. Oh, yeah, for sure. Joni's was cute. It made me a little bit uncomfortable that she said we have two African queens on our team because it was just, like, Nina and Feranda. And I was like, I mean, Nina's from Africa, but Feranda's just, like, from Arkansas, I'm pretty sure. I know, like, she, like, had to be the one to point out that she's, like, a white person rapping. Yeah. She's like, it's me and this white guy in the room. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, but at the same time, since she was the best of, like, anyone, I was like, I mean, you kind of you kind of earned it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, the most not afraid to look stupid. Like, she really was just, like, into it. Yeah, so I, li- I like Joni. She was a little bit problematic at times this season, but overall, I thought she was pretty good. And I liked her little rap, yeah, even though cute. it was a little bit awkward. Yeah. Okay, but then Jade's rap. My God. I don't, I don't even really have, like, words. First of all, 
it was a paragraph. <laughs> it was not a rap. It was her just freely speaking. And then at the end, she was like, I should rhyme something. Mm-hmm. She just spoke with like a slight meter to it. She said, my name is Jade, the ace of spades. Veranda, my dear, I know your skin is bumpy, but my skin is flawless and you look really lumpy. And they're all like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Why are you being so mean? It's, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and, but, like, to point out, like, Veranda was, like, literally standing in the background, like, behind everybody, just, like, chilling and, like, dancing and enjoying herself. Mm-hmm. And she, like, randomly pointed at her and was like, you have acne. Yeah. Literally, it's like, this is just something I can exploit that you might yeah. be insecure about. Yeah, exactly. Well, did you write down what she said for Sarah, too? You're blonde, you're too tall for this industry. You know what? I'm in this way, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're blonde, you're too tall for this industry. You know what? I'm in this real shit, and you're not, because let me tell you, they are gonna not blow up your fucking spot. It's like, sweetie, that's when you just start typing words in your iPhone autocorrect. Like, when you just start, like, putting words in it, it chooses your sentences for you. That is not mm-hmm. a sentence. But she just still had to be like, you're too tall for this industry. Mm-hmm. Like, the one thing that Sarah has been super insecure about. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, yeah, so aggressive. And yeah, she was like the only one who was cursing. Everyone else was just like, lighthearted, <laughs> having fun. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. And so, um, Brooke is also there, but she doesn't do anything at any point. I mean, is Brooke even like this book Brooke is a really like, weekend at Bernie situation like they're just rolling her in <laughs> and propping her up so that she can like whimper in the background mm-hmm. yeah and it's just like oh there she is like a little glimpse of like brown hair in the back and of course it's them like trying to push her out her being like no I'm too nice. <laughs> Uh, and I hate that when people, like, won't do something like that in that situation. Like, I know it's uncomfortable, but it's one of those things where you're just judged on participation. And if you just do it, no matter how stupid you look, like, you'll look good for having done it. Exactly. You'll look better. Like, you'll look, like, more secure with yourself. Like, you mm-hmm. look so dumb not doing it. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a hard time, like, watching those kinds of situations because it's, like, that secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Nick gives them their notes, and he says... <laughs> uh, <laughs> He tells Jade that, again, one of the key things in improv is to listen. (laughs) So she says, she has a talking head where she's like, I feel like I would have done okay if I just had more direction. (laughs) Can I also just like, I wrote down some of my favorite Nick critiques. Oh, yes, please. Leslie, I respect the way you went hard. (laughs) Joni, you have fun with it. Daniela, you keep it real. Nena. You're naturally funny. Like, hi, Brooke. I didn't know where you was at. <laughs> what? <laughs> I literally didn't write any of those down because I was like, these are so meaningless. What the fuck? I don't even know what to say. Danielle, you keep it real. What are you talking about? Leslie, you, what did he say? You went hard? He said, Did she get any airtime? <laughs> he said, Leslie. I respect the way you went hard. I think, was that like because of the Cindy Crawford mole comment? I guess. It was like her throwing really hardcore shade, mm-hmm. like dropping bars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
It is interesting to though too because he specifically points out that uh, Molly Sue has a huge personality. Yeah, yeah, your personality is huge. Like, tell Tyra, let Tyra know. I know. And then to Veranda, he said, "Very sharp, very quick." And yeah, Veranda does have a good moment there at the end um, when she was like rapping against the guy, the one of the wild. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She kind of stole the whole thing. Yeah, and she, like, actually has rhythm, and but she also, like, isn't a jerk. Mm-hmm. She's, like, being cute about it and, like, humble. So she wins the role on Veronica Mars, and then she also gets to pick a friend for a bonus prize. And then Jade has the audacity to turn to her and say, I volunteer. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm obsessed with this woman. Where is she? And Feranda's talking head where she's like, Jade and I are not friends. <laughs> and she's still so, like, respectful about saying no. Like, she's such a, like, a, a nice gal. Mm-hmm. So she chooses Nina, um, and they tell her that she and Nina will have the opportunity to do a PSA. And I love, so she's like, you'll do a PSA. And Feranda goes, public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, literally what I sounded like watching the episode. Like, I was, like, belly laughing, especially at this specific part. I was dying. It's so good. And then we get into just, like, the next part. It's so good. Okay. Um, so they're in the car back to the house, and Joni, Sarah, Molly, Sue, uh, I guess it's just those three, they're talking about what a bitch Jade is, basically, mm-hmm. and that she was the only one who was, like, cussing or, like, actually attacking people in the rap battle and just complaining about her. And Joni says, she sure doesn't act like she's almost 30. Okay, as another 26-year-old, nothing wrong with being 30, but I don't feel like I'm almost 30. It's like, what is she supposed to be doing? Like, carrying a cane around the house and, like, <laughs> knitting? Like, Also, like, how old is uh, Joni? Isn't she, like, 22 or 23? Yeah. So, like, Jade has the same amount of, like, distance to 30 as she has to Joni. I thought that was such a weird comment. She sure doesn't act like she's almost 30. It's like, what What does that mean? Like, 30-year-olds aren't mean? <laughs> I don't know. That I mean, I guess she just drama manipulative petty but <laughs> girl i was just triggered. wait <laughs> i was triggered too <laughs> um so at the house jade is talking to feranda and i just love this because feranda is just stonewalling her oh my god um, it's amazing and so jade goes on to say that like everyone i like everyone who meets me thinks i'm a bitch they think i'm arrogant but i'm not i'm the realest individual <laughs> And then she, oh fuck, I forgot I wrote, I, I, re- I wrote this in caps because I thought it was so funny. I think I was watching this like, I watched this probably three or four times when she goes, I just feel like you put up a facade. Like there's mm-hmm. a facade that's like being put up with you. And she goes, a facade? <laughs> and she goes, no, Jade, a, vasa- a facade. And she goes, I, I don't, what is a facade? I know, she's like, a facade? Like making fun of her as if Feranda got it wrong. And I was just like, no girl. Like, she's saying it right a bunch of times in a row. She never stuttered the word. And honestly, Feranda is actually being, like, incredibly real right now because Jade's saying that stuff, and Feranda's, like, trying to give it to her straight and being like, you don't act like this. This is the reason people, like, you know, you put up this facade of being, um, like, real, positive, like, actually trying to give her kind of, like, some real talk and some advice. And Jade just can't take it. Like, she has no capacity for a self-reflection of any sort. What is a facade? A facade? 
Like, we, it takes more effort for you to even say that word. Like, you're just being insane right now. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she's, like, like, we also have to mention that in every scene, she's draped in, like, 40 dramatic scarves. <laughs> it's all over her body. Or, like, wearing a towel, like, as a head wrap. <laughs> yeah, like, she's very, like, little Edie vibes. Um, and Jade also says that she's like, ah, oh, yeah, I mean, I've just had the craziest life. I need to write a book, and you should read it. <laughs> I love that, too. Like, what is that even supposed to mean in this context? <laughs> I've just lived so much. It's like, what are you talking about? What are you saying? Ah, uh, I love her. Um, <laughs> and then we get another cut to Nina just, like, arguing with her boyfriend on the phone again, and everyone's annoyed that she's monopolizing the phone. I mean, I would be super pissed. And we get this little moment of Brooke and Joni talking together in their room about it. And Joni says, Nina's like 120% book smart and like 4% common sense smart, which still adds up to over 100%. So I feel like she's doing fine. <laughs> I know. It was very like, she had said something like, um, you know, everybody thinks that she's just like this nice, sweet, innocent girl, but you know, she's really not. It's not true. It's like, this is like such a true thing of like, they found, like, her flaw, which I guess is that she's on the phone too much. Mm-hmm. Well, I And mean, now she's evil? She has some moments, like, later on in the episode, too. Yeah, she does seem really cold and, like, really, like, uh, just, like, very, like, cold and numb to the other girl's feelings. <laughs> she's, she's that person who can be, like, super, super charming and charismatic to the judges, but, like, mm-hmm. back at the house, like, she doesn't care to put up any kind of energy into, like, her relationship with the other contestants. Yeah. And so it's just, like, the judges will never know because she just, like, turns off the charm, like, when they're out of sight. Which is weirdly, like, a necessary next top model trope. That's, like, you know, a tale as old as time. The girl that's, like, charming to the judges but, like, really mean at home. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, that's, that's life, baby. Like, yeah, like, what are you supposed to do? Not charm the judges? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So the next day, they go to this, like, beautiful house in the hills, like, all of them, randomly, so that Jess, Feranda, and Nina can go film their PSA. And so then we get our little, like, top model, like, this is a very special episode kind of moment where we have to, like, teach the audience something. Um, so we meet this woman named Marvelyn, and she tells them her story about being infected with HIV and how she acts as a spokeswoman for, like, the um, foundation. And then just explains that Veranda and Nina will be doing a PSA um, and how as models, they have like a further reach to, you know, the people, which is weird. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like these random two women show up on my television screen. And I'm just like, oh, wow, you're a model. Yeah. Like, what's her name goes, Veranda goes, as a supermodel, this is what I want to do with my platform. <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> right. Because there are so many supermodels filming PSAs. Yeah, like, <laughs> for UPN. Um, so we see them film their PSA. They do a good job. I think it's, like, it's interesting that they do this before they have their, like, challenge later on in the episode because it's, like, Nina and um, Feranda have had more experience in front of the camera, just, like, being able to be a little bit more comfortable being in front of a camera. Mm-hmm. I feel like I mean, maybe that, about that. that affects their performance later on since they seem to do better than the rest, typically. Yeah, I really didn't even think about that. That's, like, I guess that would have been kind of the point of, Obviously to, like, bring awareness or whatever, but also, like, kind of the point. You know what I mean? To get them, like, more camera practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they do a good job on their PSA, but I do notice that Feranda is wearing a belt buckle that says Feranda on it. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if that's the best wardrobe choice. Oh, wait, is her name Feranda and not Veranda with a V? It's Feranda with an F. 
Oh, I've been calling her Veranda. Okay, good to know that it was on her belt. I should have read it. <laughs> yeah, now you can just go back and look it up. <laughs> but just, like, imagine watching that because it's, like, if I were to see a PSA come on my TV screen, I, like, wouldn't pay attention if it was just, like, this unknown model that's, like, not, like, not famous. And I would see that, and I would look at that belt buckle and be like, what is a Feranda? <laughs> yeah, like, what does that word mean? Is this a brand? <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the era of, like, belt buckles. Like, that was, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. I thought it was funny. It was like, you need maybe, like, a little bit more of a neutral wardrobe being on TV. <laughs> For a PSA. About, like, getting yourself tested for HIV and how... <laughs> one in four infections are for people under 25 or whatever it was <laughs> she's like wearing one of those belts that has like you remember those belts that had like a scroll on it <laughs> yes or like it's like the out. led light yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like get tested yeah <laughs> <laughs> so they filmed their psa and then the next day we also see Ferranda going uh she goes to san diego which isn't that like a two-hour drive from la i feel like that's like a couple hours away i don't even think about that i guess yes. well at least they I were just, in the limo noticed it um so she goes to san diego to film veronica mars she shoots, shoots i can't even speak she shoots her scene it's cute it's fine she does a good job yeah. um but my favorite part is she's talking about it and she's just like yeah being like doing the groundlings improv really helped me like you know it reminded me that i need to commit to the character so i really committed in my mind you know i'm beverly i'm a secretary it's like girl it was very do you ever do you watch snl ever um not really actually there was this SNL episode recently where Emma Stone was a, um, a, an extra in a, a, like a porn, like a gay porn. Oh, God. She, like, took the character, like, really, in, like, really seriously as if she was, like, Meryl Streep and, like, was, like, heavily, really affected by, like, the deepness of her character. Like, that's what I was thinking of the whole time. Like, you, she literally had one line and it was offering somebody a letter opener. <laughs> I know and she was just like and you could see her in her little just like silent you know shots where they're just like getting her face and she's like nodding and furrowing her brow like I'm thinking about all of my tasks as mm-hmm. secretary yeah like I'm yeah, exactly <laughs> living in the fantasy she really was she's like oh my god I have to like go out and I have to go over here now I have to let me get my letter opener <laughs> you can borrow mine <laughs> <laughs> so yeah she's like the sassy secretary too <laughs> That was um, cute, though. She did a good job. She she was really cute. Like, we're giving her a little bit of shit, but it was actually pretty adorable. Yeah. All right, so back at the house, I believe Jade is reading Tyra Mail, but she calls it Tyra Mizale. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I'm only giving you a pass because you're Jade. It's like, okay, so you are obviously a drag race watcher, and mm-hmm. isn't it just so crazy to watch this show knowing that, like, drag race is obviously just a it's a parody of this show and Mm -hmm. it's like drag race feels so fresh and new and watching this feels so old but it's the same show (laughs) well i don't know because i've stopped watching like most recent seasons of drag race because honestly it's just too much yeah it's a lot like it's a little bit jump the shark and then also it's like i need a fucking break to miss it and i just haven't had a chance to miss it yet yeah none of us have yeah there's there's definitely i I mean, there's, like, more of a twist. There's more of that subversion in Drag Race, whereas this is just, like, more straightforward, kind of, like, surface level. Yeah. yeah. Even drag they race... are, like, the same thing, basically. Yeah, Drag Race is, like, the uh, like the self-aware version of this show. Well, it used to be, and then it just turned into its own version. Yeah, now it's, like, specifically for middle school girls to, like, just 
spend money. Like it literally yeah. is just propaganda. But anyway. <laughs> well, that, that's another podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Treat us on Drag Race. Um, <laughs> all right. So yes, Tyra Mizale. And so it says, can you cram a whole party into 30 seconds? And then Feranda, smart girl that she is, she's just like commercials tomorrow. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they go to another beautiful house in the hills and they're going to be filming a commercial for CoverGirl. It's going to be improvised. So that's the whole point of this past week of lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, don't you always love the fucking stupid transparent product placement that they have while the girls are getting ready? Oh my God, it's the best. They like zoom in so intensely on the brand and you hear the person say like, well, now I'm just going to use a little bit of the CoverGirl long lasting concealer <laughs> really quickly. Yeah, and then the girls are always like, oh, wow, yeah, it's going on really smooth. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I have this at home, actually. <laughs> I always trust this brand. Um, so then Jay goes over and tells them that they basically have two lines that they need to land, which is something like long-lasting, clean-wearing liquid makeup or something like that. Easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything else is going to be improvised. They need to, like, interact with the party, and they only have two takes each. So... Uh, Sarah's up first, and then Jay just kind of explains, like, this is the route that you have to walk, so they have to, like, walk upstairs, they have to walk around a pool, there are, like, a couple different groups of guests that are going to be, like, in their way that they have to, like, interact with and get around somehow, and then they get to the end, and they have to say their line, so Sarah does pretty well, like, I'm actually pretty impressed, because she had always been a little bit, like, shy, she seemed a little insecure, but her improv line was, like, put your best face forward, which I thought was really cute. Yeah, I thought she did a really, really good job. Like, I th- I feel like had she not held a, like, hot toddy or whatever the fuck she had <laughs> in her hand up like in front a of Mai Tai. The- <laughs> it was like some drink that had nine monkeys hanging off of it. Um, I think she would have, like, won. I mean, she I know, yeah. did really good. But yes, um, she commits a cardinal sin of, like, holding alcohol in a cover girl commercial, and then she, like, also is holding it on the same level as the product itself at the end, which is, like, very awkward, and it's, they're both out of, like, frame anyway, so. Yeah. She would have done okay if she hadn't, if she had just put the damn drink down. Yeah, and shown the <laughs> thing they were selling on the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Veranda's up, and so she's talking about, like, oh, I'm, I learned about commitment. I have to commit. Like, she's very, she's like, I learned this today. Yeah. Like, I'm applying my lesson. Um, so she does pretty well, and she, her improv line is so good. Um, so she's like, parties are so unpredictable, but your makeup doesn't have to be. Like, she delivered yeah. it really well, too. Me and, uh, Jay had the same face at the same time when I, I was like, whoa, she just killed that. Oh, I love Jay's face right then because his eyebrows just go up. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I'm like so far really impressed with like the two like improv lines that the girls have given. Yeah. And so then Joni goes up and Joni is so oh just like. Oh my fucking God. She's like drunk, I feel like. She's like, ah, oh, I love Los Angeles. Love Los I Angeles. love hosting parties for my friends. <laughs> and she's very sort of like, like she's I, like doing, like I'm uh, guilty of this too, where like when I'm really nervous about something, I force myself to appear like I'm chill, but it ends up looking like you just don't give two fucks, mm-hmm. not one. So you're just, she was just like, fucking flailing her arms and like stomping around through the party like knocking people out of the way like she looked like she couldn't care less about what they were doing but she's probably just like so scared just wandering around but it was really funny though when she walked up the stairs and said that 
to Los Angeles. <laughs> She's like, I love coming to Los Angeles. I was like, bitch, have you ever been to Los Angeles? I know. And her ex, she is funny um, interviews. She's the interview queen to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, she does have really good talking heads. I thought her explanation of what she was doing was so funny when she was like, I had no idea what I was saying. And she said something like, um, I could have been reading like the instructions on how to like bake muffins or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is what she sounded like when she was trying to give those lines. Yeah, she was so nonchalant about it. I love coming to parties and all that. And then Leslie goes, and she's, like, talking so fast. Like, I didn't even write down what she said, but she was just like, like, easy, breezy, beautiful, cover yeah. girl. <laughs> Jay even says, like, it sounds like you're doing a pharmaceutical commercial where you're, like, reading the side effects really fast at the end. <laughs> yeah. She, like, ran through those guests. She's like, hey, guys, thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, how's it going? Bye. <laughs> like, she, everything she says is so fast, too. Yeah, she was, like, speed demoning through the party. Um, and then Molly Sue goes, and so she has the talking head. It's kind of sad because she's like, this is like my element. Like, I really want to do well on this. And she had been like feeling really confident because she felt like she had gotten good feedback, like at the improv games, but she just like chokes and she like gets to the end. (laughs) She just like stares into the camera and she's like, long lasting. Oh my God. The way she delivered her. What did she say when she was coming up the stairs? Did she say a thing? (sighs) I can't even remember. It was very just like, she was so aggressive in her delivery. Like it was so, she's like, I love coming to LA. I love parties. Yeah. I'm <laughs> cocktail. Mm-hmm. Partying friends. Mm-hmm. Um, long lasting. Yeah. She was like glaring into the camera and like, she would like frown and nod and be like long lasting. Clean. Like would wave makeup. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah. She was so like scary or whatever <laughs> yeah very like butch yeah like, I was getting like some butch vibes <laughs> yeah the butch jumped out <laughs> bde big dyke energy <laughs> it was so good um so yeah that was hers and then danielle goes um danielle she does okay she chokes at the end and forgets easy breezy beautiful cover girl and so then jay's like what's the one thing that you should know she's like easy breezy beautiful cover girl what's wrong oh, with me oh my god her accent is everything it's so good and then she does okay in the second take but then they kind of like call her out for like holding the bottle like upside down practically yeah. Oh, yeah. She, like, held it. Yeah, she was, like, holding it and hiding it in her hand when she was showing it. <laughs> um. So, Danielle, that's fine. Nina goes, she does great. Jay praises her. and says it was really impressive. And so Nina comes off stage and she's like, how did you guys do? And they just, like, glare at her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I didn't, I mean, she did good, but it was also, like, she just, like, does the 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 bare minimum, like, there's no, like, real personality exuding yeah. from her. It's all she, fake. She just has, like, basic charm and then, like, a really dazzling smile. And so yeah. she just, like, flashes the smile yes. and just has, like, a little bit of natural charisma. And that just, like, it just, like, I don't know. what I don't know the word I'm looking for. Glamour. That's it. Like, a vampire glamours. Oh, oh, my God. I can't believe you just used the fucking term glamour. That's, like, one of my favorite, f- f- like, favorite words. <laughs> To describe being charming. I was like, I, I gotta pull it out of somewhere. What is it called? Glamour. That's what it <laughs> just does to everyone. It's true. You just glamored me. Yeah, that, Nina glamored me. Smile. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she, like, everyone's pissed at her because she's just like, what? And she's like, we didn't do well. They're like, we didn't do well. Um, You're so winning. Then Brooke goes, Brooke is super nervous and, like, Jay's, like, feeling her pulse and he's like, are you okay? Like, are you gonna die? 
I'm going to be honest with you. Brooke is, and I talk about this a lot on my podcast. Like I, I call myself a tiger mom because <laughs> I have this thing in me where it's like, I feel like when people are weak and pathetic like her, mm-hmm. it's like, I have to like toughen her up. It's not like conscience. It's like conscience. It's not conscious. Hi. It's a, a subconscious thing. Like I don't think about it, but then I'm like, oh my God, I'm bullying. I'm bullying her. Cause I, it's like, what you have to like, what, what is your purpose here? Mm-hmm. Like, why is everything so scary? Yeah, it's like one of those things where you kind of just have to, like, if you're going to be here, you have to get over it. Like, you have to get over it. Yeah, eventually get over it. You've been here now for, like, a month. Mm-hmm. Like, you should be good to go as far as being on camera. Yeah. <laughs> so she's super nervous, and then I just, I love, I just, like, I die as she gives her her improv line. because She goes... I just love wearing CoverGirl. It's just so nice to wear. <laughs> oh my and god! See, it like cuts to Jay, and you see the sound guy like cracking up as she gives that line. <laughs> I forgot that she said that. <laughs> it's just so nice to wear. Like she could not sound any more like fake Valley Girl if she tried. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I love it it's and then so she like good. she like took a drink and then span around and then sat the drink down right next to her and then like kept walking <laughs> like she never even engaged it <laughs> uh, so yeah she also forgets her lines at the end so she thinks that she's gonna go home um and she goes off set and Jade like tries to ask her and she's just like I don't want to talk about it I don't want to talk about it like and she's you know she's tearing up and she's just trying to like shut Jade down because Jade's being a bitch like as she does and so Jade has this talking head and she calls her she's like oh Brookie she's just so sentimental (laughs) (laughs) I was like you mean sensitive I died I had to rewind that too to make sure that I heard what she had actually said one of my favorite things is like watching um watching like reality tv and um like seeing people use a word incorrectly and then knowing what word they're trying to use, but just having them be super oblivious to it. Like I was watching um, uh, Cribs um, for another podcast that I was on, but I'll wait till like that comes out to announce it. And um, that it was like Mariah Carey and she uses the word, she's like describing one of the rooms in her house. And she's like, yeah, it was like a mirage. And I was like, <laughs> I think she means oasis. <laughs> Because there are mirages of oases. <laughs> and you, when the, whenever they do that on certain shows, like on Vanderpump, if they do that, they always like do that thing where the producers troll, where they pause for a, a, a second or two too long after they say something and they're talking head just to make them look dumb. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's so good. I love it. So yes, Jade calls her sentimental, but she's sensitive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So now it's Jade's turn for her commercial. The moment is here. <laughs> she says that she's going to do well because she has style, personality, and class. Because, you know, that's everything to do with improving a commercial. But it, it's funny because everything that they do, especially in this episode, you would assume just on paper that Jade would be good at it. Because it's all just like theatrics. Mm-hmm. But she's terrible. Uh, so, and also the editing here is amazing because they have, like, the fucking music from, like, what is it, Carmen or some shit, where it's like, da 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 Yes. She's, like, the first take, silence. 
she says nothing. She just blows kisses and spins around and oohs and ahs and ooh la la's, but does yeah. not say anything. <laughs> She's just going, ooh. <laughs> it's very uh. um, Samantha Jones. Yes. Yes. Sex yes. in the city, like, <laughs> mm, oh, this is party. <laughs> <laughs> So, she yes. is like blowing kisses to people who aren't there like it's amazing it's amazing she, like it's almost like she's like dancing like it's ex- her movements are exaggerated like she puts her hand on her hip all grandly as she like ascends the staircase yeah like the in my mind when i was watching it i was like the the reason that you would send the emoji of the woman like twisting her dress is like what she's giving you like that energy mm-hmm. it makes it's just like it's Shantou's energy <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so so jay gets on to her and it's like you didn't talk you have to improvise <laughs> so take two she's going to improvise <laughs> So her version of improvising is just like, oh, hello, how are you? <laughs> Wonderful party. It's absolutely fabulous. And she's one of those women that says fabulous instead of fabulous. But she <laughs> keeps like, saying it. Spins around, she's like, wonderful, fabulous. <laughs> Again, it's like a version, it's like the drag version of Samantha Jones. Yes, it is. Like, it's like heightened Samantha Jones, if you can even imagine. Oh, my God. So, and then Jay calls her a drag queen. He's like, oh, my God, she is a drag queen, which is so funny. So, America's Next Top Model was obviously before, like, I got into Drag Race. It was before Drag Race existed. Right. And so, I, America's Next Top Model was so strongly, like, my middle school, like, experience, middle school, early high school. That's, like, when I was into it. And then Drag Race was, like, very, like, I was super into Drag Race in college. So, these were two very, like, isolated periods of my life. Right. And so, going back and watching this, before Jay even said anything, I was like, oh, my God, this is drag. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, had never realized it before because I had no experience or exposure to that. But, like, even before Jay said anything, I was like, she is a drag queen. She is. Like, she's, like, an elevated version of a normal woman. Like, mm-hmm. Everything she does is heightened. She's so dramatic. And, like, the shit that she was saying, like, in her mind, like, this is what party guests say. <laughs> Fabulous. Yes. And I this is, like, a normal, normal thing to do at a party. And, like, who just walks to a party and says that they love their cover girl makeup? <laughs> I mean, like, what? I love wearing cover girl. <laughs> oh, she's amazing. So, yes. And then she gets to the end, and she, like, holds the product, and then she just chokes and she's like silent and then she's just like fuck like the pause was like 15 seconds yes, it was long like because she like stopped realized that she forgot the line laughed a little bit stopped and then like cursed <laughs> yeah then she cursed i forgot <laughs> yes and so they and then as soon as she curses they go cut and so like that's it like that's your second take you can't cuss in a cover girl commercial it was unbelievable. And, like, it's just so funny to see, like, these early 2000s moments happening in reality TV that are now memes. When you actually get to, like, fully live in the whole experience of, like, what led to this moment that people just use on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, like, actually, like, living it. I was like, wow. Like, this is, like, it was just so good. It was so iconic. Yeah. And so... <laughs> Another thing is, like, she says in her talking head after, like, she gets off set, um, that if she just had one more take, it would have been perfect because she just needed a little bit more direction. 
Yeah. Which is like her go-to excuse, I guess. Yeah, it's the thing she said the entire time. It's like, first of all, this is improv. <laughs> so the direction is to improve improv lines and the first time you didn't speak. So it's like everyone else got it. So I think the amount of direction was fine. Yeah, like earlier the direction was to ask a question and you made a statement. It's really not that difficult. Uh she's so good. She's so, so incredible. They get home, they get their tire mail. It says, tomorrow you will meet with the judges. Only eight of you will continue on in your hopes of becoming America's next top model. One of you will be eliminated. So <laughs> dramatic. I just love the the little, like, uh, routines that, um, like, reality shows get into, like, with Tyra mm-hmm. always saying that, or, like, saying, like, you know, I have, like, eight photos in my hand, but only seven models stand before me, like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, um, I was going back and I was listening to Race Chaser, like, you know, the uh, Alaska and Willem podcast, mm-hmm. and they were talking about, like, all of those early scenes of Drag Race, like, before RuPaul, um, like, really got oh, into the yeah. group of saying, like, bring back my girls. And so mm-hmm. it would just be these things that were, like, slightly off, like, let's bring the girls back inside. Yeah. I actually was just listening to, uh, I, I don't remember what it was. I think, I want to say it was, um, pop culture happy hour or something. It was like a podcast talking about, um, Project Runway and they were saying, yeah, it was. And they were talking about how, like, the thing that you love about shows like Project Runway and Top Chef, even though Project Runway just, um, was, like, rebranded or whatever, but, like, the beats have been the same since the first season. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, when this music plays that this is about to happen and it just feels so familiar. It's, like, it's like reading a book that you've read a million times that you love. Like, it's just mm-hmm. so, like, you know, it just feels nice to know what you, you know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, like, the contours of the show is, like, the same. And, like, coming back and watching the season, just, like, hearing those words and seeing these familiar faces. It's just, yeah. like, it's like stepping into, a, like, a warm, fuzzy blanket. It's like, it's it like, is. I'm in my little reality TV cocoon. Exactly, yeah. Like, I haven't watched this season of the show in, you know, probably 10 years. And I was just, like, right I was right there in it. Like, I got all the beats. I knew everything that was about to happen. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's the judging panel, and the girls come in. And then Tyra does a pretend faint again. Ugh. This bitch. And she keeps scaring. She keeps being so good at her acting <laughs> that people convincing. think it's real. Yeah, that's, she's so that's convincing. The, the lesson. So, yeah, Nigel and Twiggy were like, oh, my God, what just happened? And so, yeah, she explains that she had, like, the fake fainting. And so, in this moment, did you think that she was being a little bit condescending? Where she, like, turned towards, I mean, maybe she wasn't trying to be, but it definitely was just that Tyra kind of, like, tone-deaf condescending vibe. Because she's like, oh, well, this week I, like, did this fake fainting to teach the girls about acting. And one of the girls got a little bit emotional. And I'm sorry, because I didn't intend that. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Are you kidding me? That was my favorite part of the whole judging panel when she said that. <laughs> when she's like, she basically like, I was so good earlier at my, my acting that I made one of the girls cry. Like you had <laughs> to make it a point to say that. Okay. We that's did it. That's just like, that's when you said um, that she doesn't like feel embarrassment. This is the moment that I shot back to because it was like, not only did she have no shame that she did that, but she like, fucked with them again by like making fun of them at judging panel by doing it again i'm telling you you'll never now that you know that i've never been able to view her the same i see her and i almost feel like it's helped me embrace her mm-hmm. even more i'm like tyra just doesn't get embarrassed because i've always been like how does she how is she so unaware like so not self-aware but i'm okay, like i just had a thought do you think tyra's a sociopath a little bit 
mean, like now yeah. it's all coming together. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be a sociopath. Like one of the like not gonna kill anyone sociopaths, but But like she really I wanna really hammer the fact that she meant what she was saying. Oh yeah. Doesn't feel embarrassed. Like she's never felt it. That's weird. Yes. I I think that she's a sociopath and that's like probably the one thing that she feels like comfortable coughing to is like I don't feel embarrassment because she yeah. really doesn't feel any kind of shame or like regret yeah. or whatever the fuck. She's Damn. the most confident woman in the world in like the weirdest way. And anytime Tyra's ever had to like emote, it's just pure shenanigans, the actress. You know what I mean? When she's like has to get emotional or cry, like you're you like are literally looking at her and knowing that she's acting, but you're just like, oh, it's just Tyra, so whatever. God, Tyra. I know. <laughs> All right. So they have their individual evaluations. Um Molly Sue, they they see each of their like best takes, which is for the most part the take that we pretty much already saw when they showed them. So, mm-hmm. you know, we get to double dip on this. Um, so yeah, Molly Sue, Nigel says there's no passion in her eyes. The judges say that she seemed a little bit scary, kind of like we talked about. Yeah. I love Danielle because they read her for like taking a drink and then putting it right back down on the tray. <laughs> yeah. And she just uh she just like rolls with it and she's like, Yep, I wasn't gonna let him get away. Yeah, she's really, really, really charming. Like, she's, she's really yeah. charming. She's, like, charming in a way that's so much more genuine and warm than Nina is. Yeah, like, she's, like, charming in a way that's, like, um, like, you're able to, like, accept all her flaws because she's like, just so, like, chill with herself, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah, I love her. She's one of my favorite winners. Yeah. Um, And then Tyra, like, this is kind of going to be, like, the common refrain for Danielle. Like, she needs to work on her Southern accent. Mm-hmm. She can't be a cover girl with an accent like that. And Tyra leans into, as she's telling her, she goes, you really need to work on a newscaster voice. Mm-hmm. A voice where in any part of the country, you sound exactly the same. And then Tyra, like, inadvertently leaned into her newscaster voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tyra. I know. And so, um, Veranda, they kind of give her a little bit of shit for her easy busy easy breezy beautiful because she like did three little poses with each line which was a little bit cheesy um but other than that she did well and then Tyra tells the judges that she was a challenge winner and explains that you know like she won the challenge and then we get some like truly horrific ADR like voiceover where it's like and you'll be on Veronica Mars oh my god every time I love top model voiceover (laughs) It's, it's crazy. Like, they make no effort whatsoever. That's actually Tyra's um, newscaster voice. Is her voiceover voice? It's um, mm. it's she sounds like a dolly. Yeah, it's like so like it, I couldn't even tell it was Tyra at first because like one the ADR was just so bad, but her her voice was so weird. Yeah, so weird. It's like the one of the weirdest uh, Tyra alters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So then Brooke goes up and they show her like I love I just love wearing CoverGirl makeup. It's nice and so like of course it's hilarious but Nina is being a bitch because she's like doubling over with laughter behind her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so the judges kind of are like mm, not great and so at this point this is like one of my favorite exchanges of the episode. Twiggy's like so I love Twiggy because she's so sweet and she like yeah. tries to throw her a bone and she's just like oh I understand how it is because when I first started I was terribly shy and we see like it cuts over to Brooke and she just kind of like nods like very like thank you for giving me an out like for like 
you know, like we have yeah. this moment of connection here. And then Tyra's just like, well, it's not about being shy because some of the best actresses in the world are the most shy people. It's about stage fright. There's a difference. There's a difference. Like she says it's so bitchy. And she makes it a point not to look over at Twiggy as she's saying it. Like I'm giving the definitive answer. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Nina goes up and they give her a little bit of shit for like busting through the guests, like taking no prisoners <laughs> as she's going like, you know, on her route. But otherwise, like, you know, they think Nina does fine. Um, Joni goes up. <laughs> Joni's thing is just so funny. And then Nigel says that she's like unsophisticated and that like, look at where you are. Like there needs to be more of a level of sophistication. I don't know. I thought his critique was a little bit weird there. I thought so too. It's like, what are you trying to say that she's white trash? <laughs> are you trying to like nicely say she's trashy? She actually reminds me a lot of somebody who would be cast in like, um, like I feel like she should be an actor. Do you know what I mean? Like she should be mm-hmm. in acting. She just looks like somebody who would be in like a Quentin Tarantino movie or something. Yeah, she's very expressive. Mm-hmm. She's super expressive and she's funny. Yeah, she's really funny. So I, I could see her doing pretty well for like acting, but yeah. Um, Leslie. <laughs> I don't understand their, like, critiques, not, like, critiques even, but just, like, comments on Leslie, because what they focus on is, like, wow, she looks amazing. The camera loves her. Like, she looks like such a model in that commercial, and I was just, like, I don't see it any more than, like, any other thing she's ever done on this season. Yeah, I know. I didn't think she did well, really, at all. Like, she was just sort of robotic and... Yeah. And she just, like, and she has that kind of, like, weird walk where her like hips sway a little bit and so you know like she just kind of like is stomping across the set with a little bit of sass but... <laughs> like talking a mile a minute mm-hmm. so I don't know I thought that was kind of weird that they really loved her um and then Sarah again they like read her for having the drink in her hand on the same level as the product but both out of frame mm-hmm. and says that she started strong but she didn't end as strong so I appreciate that she at least got some um good feedback on her like improv line because i really did like the like don't be a wallflower wallflower put your best face forward because it really sounds like something that you would hear in a cover girl commercial yeah i agree and i also liked that tyra said um she said like you looked the most like a cover girl model because she did like mm-hmm. she looked like she was in a legit cover girl commercial everybody else looked like girls on top model pretending to do a cover girl commercial kind of yeah. But she really, really looked like she could have been like an actual cover girl model. Yeah. So then Jade is the last person to go up because the producers knew that we needed yeah. to end on drama. Yep. So they play her take where, she, you know, she improvs her like wonderful, fabulous, and then curses at the end. Yeah. Um, and so immediately Jade's like, you chose my worst one. <laughs> It's like, you know better than to talk back to the judges, girl. I know. Like, what episode? This is episode five at this point. Like, you've already been, like, you know, got, they've already told you so many times you need to shut up and listen and, like, yeah. eat your humble pie. And so, you know, she's, like, trying to say that, like, you chose my worst one. Like, in the other ones, I did the line perfectly. Like, I did them perfectly. My improv was just bad. And they were like, well, it was an improv challenge. So we had to choose the take where you actually improv something yeah like you were there were two takes and they were both abysmal like mm-hmm. what do you want and so yeah and then what I love too is that Tyra asked like okay well who else in here like be honest like who else saw that we chose your worst take and like two or three girls raised their hands and she's like see you're not the only one who thinks that you're yeah. just the only one who has the balls to say something 
Yeah, and you need to know that this is um, Handmaid's Tale and you're not allowed to have opinions or thoughts when it comes to the judges. No talking back. Mm -mm. (laughs) They're all of Tyra. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my fucking God. Every contestant's name is of Tyra. (laughs) Now that's a fucking SNL sketch. Oh my God. There you go. You're welcome. That was really funny. You need to write that down. I don't know for what, but you need to write it down for something. Copyright, this is mine. Yeah, I'm doing the Tyra thing, you guys. All right, I'm going to sell that joke to Letterman. (laughs) Um, So then they have deliberation. They basically just go over what we just heard, but they do call Jada drag queen again, and Tyra's just like, oh, she was like, oh, yes, darling, wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then Miss J says that Brooke looks like a trout and says that if this was America's next top trout, she'd be in. Oh God, this is such a good, this was a good year for the judging panel. <laughs> I know it was probably, that's my favorite judging panel. Yeah. Cause I love Twiggy. Nigel's, I mean like he's horrible, but I also like love him on the judging panel because he's like horrible. Mm-hmm. He's like, and then Jay is just amazing. I didn't, I hated Nole Marin. I thought he was so boring. And then Janice oh, was yeah. just too much. Nole was boring as hell. Janice was too much. And then what's her name? Um, The, I can't think of the other model, the Russian Oh, Paulina Poroskova. Paulina was just, like, boring. And that was, like, that was, like, what, eight, nine, ten onward? Yeah. That was, like, the seasons that I'm not as familiar with, because really, like, seven was, like, I, I was obsessed with seven. I think after seven, I was, like, it's all downhill from here, folks. Like, yes. I'm done. Yeah, and, like, Janice was, like, um, Jan- if Janice, Janice was entertaining, because it's fucking Janice Dickinson, but mm-hmm. she would have literally run this show into the ground. Yeah, she was, she was a lot to handle. Like, her calling girls screaming fat at girls mm-hmm. in, like, 2016, 2017 wouldn't fly. Whew, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, that's Liberation. They bring the girls back in. Veranda's called up first because she did super well. They just go down the line. Um, the one thing I did want to point out is that when they call Danielle up and Tyra's like, now, Danielle, don't be... Don't be talking on that accent now. Like, whatever the fuck accent that she's doing for Danielle reminded me of the Firefly from The Princess and the Frog. (laughs) (laughs) It was this, like, weird-ass, like, almost Cajun accent that did not sound like Danielle. At all. It's always really, really fun to watch Tyra do impersonations of the girls when they come up to get their picture. Like, I forgot about that. Mm Mm-hmm until this moment and I was like oh well I'm like in for another little treat before the show ends I forgot and again you just have to like take you just have to take Tyra like giving you all this shit mm-hmm. just stand there and smile at her and fake giggle mm-hmm. <laughs> as she's like calling you a hillbilly you're like <laughs> my mom you're my mom <laughs> um so yeah they get all called up and then the last three are um Brooke Molly Sue and Jade and then again like Tyra like gives Brooke shit and she's just like I don't really understand because this wasn't even Brooke's thing necessarily like she has her eyes closed and she's like huh what what I was about to ask you that wasn't what she was doing at any point if she had been like Brooke come up it's so you're you're or like something like that like blocking what she had actually said but it wasn't like she was, like, wandering around with her eyes closed. I didn't understand the impersonation, and it almost, like, it felt like it took Brooke a second to realize, like, oh, that's her me? Yeah. Yeah. That's her, like, my 
impersonation or whatever. Like, I'm being trolled now, okay? <laughs> so, and I thought that was kind of interesting because Brooke was the one who had um, all episodes said that she was worried that she would be eliminated. So, it's interesting that she wasn't even in the bottom two. I yeah, think. I mean, it's absurd. It's like, what is this girl doing here in the first place? <sighs> so, yeah. Jade and Molly Sue step forward. And Molly Sue says, or Tyra says that Molly Sue is there because of lack of persona, which if she had just talked to Nick Cannon, yeah. she would not be up there. I know. How funny is that? Mm-hmm. It's just like, I mean, I know that this is like a reality TV trope. It's just that the judges are asking for something that I'm delivering when they're not around, but whenever they're there, I can't seem to bring it. Like, it's a very common thing in reality TV. Yeah. But I feel like in other, like, reality shows, there have been times where it's, like, maybe even in other seasons of Top Model, where it's, like, oh, I heard from so-and-so when I wasn't there that mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z is actually happening, so I know this about you, or something like that. Or they show yeah. it in another way. But, like, Molly Sue was, tr- like, never able to, like, bring the personality, which is so funny. That's why for Top Model, and even um, same thing for Drag Race, I always like when... I always really enjoy when the person who was, like, at the photo shoot is the judge. Mm-hmm, because they can bring that perspective. Yeah, like, they were there for the whole day. For Like, if somebody had, like, a tantrum or whatever, um, it's, like, one thing for them to be, like, for, you know, for Tyra to be, like, oh, we heard that you got upset on set today, what happened, mm-hmm. compared to, like, the, the judge that was there, like, reading them for filth and mm-hmm. being, like, you were terrible today. I want to make sure that it's known that you were horrible to people today. Like the um the director saying like after like during deliberation where he's like well I thought Jade had two bad takes so yeah exactly yeah and so yes and then Jade is down there and Tyra says not even because she had two bad takes but because she plays the blame game which yeah um and so she even tells her that the director said that both of her takes were bad and that the judges are very turned off by her attitude <laughs> but that doesn't matter because she keeps Jade yeah of course Dye. but I. I do appreciate, like, she does have, like, at least a bit of humanity, because she goes in for a hug immediately for Molly Sue. Like, she doesn't just, like, go up and get her picture. I know. But, like, there's, there's a softness, I guess. She's a human person. Um, and so Tyra tells Jade that she doesn't know it all, and that she needs to listen and learn. And Jade pretty much never takes that lesson to heart for the entire rest of the season. I, I, well, I'm in now. I'm, I will be starting from the first episode and watching the entirety of season six. Oh my god, you have to, you have to, it's so good. I was like, I I was tempted to just keep going after I finished, and I was like, I should stop, because I know myself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, after the end of the finale, because I always watch the whole season when I can to, like, give the context of, like, the greater context of the season, but I was just like, oh, I know the next one is Cycle 7, and that's my favorite. (laughs) So, who's the winner of Cycle 7? Carrie D. Oh, I can name the first 10 winners, ooh. like, all, like, 1 through 10 immediately. That's a right good now. season. It's Adrian, Joanna, Eva, Naima, my favorite winner, uh, Nicole, um, Nick was robbed, Danny, Carrie D, Jasmine, Alicia, oh. Whitney. Yep, all 10. Jasmine, the iconic walk. Jasmine with her her face, man, just like that jaw. So oh my strong. god, jawline for days. Jasmine, I mean, they gave Jade a lot of shit for looking like a drag queen, but no, she had like a jaw, like a fucking uh, like um, 
like a quagmire jaw. Oh my God, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. And then that was also the season um, with Natasha, who everyone thought was like, <gasps> a Russian mail order bride. No, my favorite. Oh, Natasha's my favorite character in the history of Next Hat Model. I have a complicated relationship with her. I need to go back and watch it because it's been a while. I need to see like how my feelings have changed like they did for Melrose. I just like, I remember being able to, uh, I remember with her being like, I like her even though I feel like there are moments where they don't want us to Mm -hmm. as like a reality TV character. And I'll never forget the episode where they had to make it, you know, the infamous, are you going to make it on time to all of your bosies? So dramatic. That was like her moment in the sun. I need to go back because it's been a while. Because like eight, I watched up to like eight or nine, I think a couple of like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. But I just eight doesn't really stick with me. I need to go back and rewatch it because that's also the one that has Renee, who's the one who like later on went on to like rob something or she was in like a police standoff oh, yeah, and got twelve years in prison and then got released yeah. after five. So she's out now. I she was on Doctor Phil. Yeah. And uh, J- JL, JL was also an eight. JL. She was also on Dr. Phil. That makes me really sad. JL, did you, did you see that she just passed away last year? Yeah. That was so sad because she had um, like stage four, I think it was breast cancer. And she, she had, was like diagnosed and like within months passed away. Her Dr. Phil episode was one of the saddest and most intense things I've ever watched on TV. I haven't seen that, but um, when I was doing my research for this, I was seeing that she had like still maintained like up until her death that like she felt exploited um, by him and going on that segment. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like nothing you've ever seen really on TV. I mean, he's like chasing, like she runs out of the, um, out of the studio, like through like the alleyway in the back and the cameras chase her and he's like, living for like the theatrics of her you know having this anxiety attack in front of everybody and like she was exploited for an hour on tv just like a show it was like elephant man times 20. Ugh, it's awful and just like so sad now to like know that you know she fought to get sober and she was and then she like was just like had this horrible disease that just took her when she was so young yeah it was that's yeah it was terrible her and renee are like the darkest um, it's wild that they were on the same cycle together. I know. And I remember Renee was, like, poor, right? That was her thing. She had no mm-hmm. money. hmm Yeah. <sighs> on that note, Jesus. All right. Well, let's end this thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, Jade stays. Molly Sue has to go. It's really sad. Like, Danny, did you notice, like, Danielle is, like, crying, like, immediately, like, rug, like, runs up and hugs her, like, super fiercely. So, I guess they were, like, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Molly Sue was just saying, like, I never thought that I would be eliminated for like lack of personality of all things. And, you know, I felt like I was getting better each uh, episode, like each photo shoot. I felt I was really progressing. And I thought I was actually had a chance to win this. So she like really took her elimination hard. She did for somebody who didn't, I mean, she didn't come off as somebody who was like so ravenously desperate to, mm-hmm. to win. No, she didn't make like much of an impact really. Yeah. Um, but Actually, like, she goes on to have quite an interesting career. Um, so we'll do the Where Are They Now. That's, okay. that's the end of the episode. Um, so I'll start with Danielle, who, it's so funny, because I didn't realize, well, I knew, like, I know her as Danny, but it was because after she won, she, like, dropped the, like, yell from her name, and she went by Danny professionally. Okay. And so a couple of years ago, one of my friends was re-watching um, America's Next Top Model, also, sidebar, she got mad at me because I spoiled Cycle 5, but I was like, it's a 13-year-old show! <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, that's not fair. I was like, the statute of limitations is up, bitch. Um, 
so I was talking about Danny, Danny, Danny. And she was like, who is Danny? And I was like, Danielle, the winner of cycle six. And she was like, she's not Danny. She's Danielle. So anyway, she started going by Danny. Um, she won the cycle, signed with Ford Models. She's currently with Click Model Management, and she's done, like, a ton of stuff, lots of print work, including Elle, L Girl, In Touch, Essence, Sephora. She did the Tory Burch line for Saks Fifth Avenue. She's done runway work. Um, she did New York Fashion Week. She's actually, um, and I don't know what this is. I watched an eHow video that tried to explain it to me. I didn't understand. But she received her show card from her agency for Fashion Week, and she's one of the few top model alumni to do so. So it's something significant. Nice. And if you're cool. into fashion, that probably means something to you. Um, she was also in a CoverGirl commercial with Queen Latifah and was also one of the few top model winners to have her contract with CoverGirl renewed after, like, the initial contract was up. Um, and interestingly, she made a guest appearance on an episode of my Super Sweet 16 special for Chris Brown's 18th birthday. What? What did she do? Yeah, I don't know. I need to, like, try and find it, but also I don't want to, like, really consume Chris Brown content in case he gets, like, residuals. Yeah. <laughs> so Seriously. I was just like, that's weird. He probably just, like, she probably just shows up and she's like, I'm a hot model right now. Like, and this is an 18-year-old guy who's famous. She, like, pops out of a cake and smizes. Oh, I bet. Um, so Joni went on to be an L girl in Go magazine. She was on the cover of Maniac magazine. Um, and currently she's signed with Elite Hong Kong and uh, Real Manage and Talent um, and just like a couple other modeling agencies. So she has like consistent work. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Jade also is doing pretty well. She's signed with several different agencies um, internationally. So she's been uh, signed with Diva Models based out of Singapore, Dream Models from Hong Kong, Uber Warning Models based in LA and something called BHM in Vancouver, also something um, in Seattle. So she, you know, does a lot of work. She partnered with Casa de Amparo, which is an organization aims to treat and prevent child abuse and neglect. And she also is the founder of Biracial Butterfly Productions, an agency that repre represents models of uh, biracial ethnicities. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Bethany Frankel, just, who? I just love that she took like her biracial butterfly thing and just like turned it into her brand. Yeah, like what? I'm really blown away by that. Good for her. <laughs> um, and so Sarah, since appearing on the show, she did some modeling work, um, working with Next Model Management and Elite in Los Angeles, um, Passport Models in San Francisco. She appeared on the cover in a spread in Engaged Magazine, but she's since left the industry and she's married and living in Washington, D.C. Um, and it said in the summer of, or sorry, in May 2010, she accepted a position as summer associate at the prestigious international law firm, Hogan Lovells. So that was something that was talked about a little bit this season, but um, Sarah had been planning on going to law school before she was like found oh, and cool. scouted for top model. So it's kind of nice that, that she got her. to do like both. She got to like do her modeling career and then now, like, now she's working in law. Yeah. Um, and so for Rhonda, um, after being eliminated from the show, she received a contract from LA Models. She's also worked with Seven Model Management, BHM in Vancouver, which is um, the one that Jade also was in. Um, and she even had her own TV show, which I'm thinking was probably just like an internet show or like a fucking Roku channel. Yeah. Because uh, it was called Model Me TV. Oh my god, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely some kind of, like, it was on, what's that network, that, uh, streaming service called that's free, that, uh, Jerry Seinfeld show used to be on? I'll oh think of god. it. <laughs> yeah, it was some shit like that. Um, and then Nina has also signed with several different, um, agencies, including O Model Africa, Essential Model, 
bookings model agency. Um, she's been on the cover of True Love, Clam, Onyx Style, and Time Out London magazines, also appeared in Essence Jewel and Arise magazine. She's also been in a commercial for McDonald's. Love that for her. And then Brooke, um, she, well, you know, I guess your tiger momming worked because she still models um, under the name Brooke Zenaida or just Zenaida, which is her middle name. And okay. she's currently with Q Models in Los Angeles in the Neil Hamill agency. You know, this is like so funny to me because I, I don't know if you, um, do you ever listen to Kate Casey? Uh, no, I don't think so. So Kate Casey is a really good podcast that you would actually really love because it's all for, it's a lot of like, producers of reality shows talking about how they produced it like old shows like Ooh. um it's a lot of old talent from random things like episodes of true life and oh my god yeah it's just really 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 deep cuts for reality tv people mm-hmm. and she just recently interviewed um adrian mm-hmm. and adrian like lives in like utah or something like she like lives in like the middle of nowhere and sells avon, avon right yeah yeah she's oh, like yeah. an avon queen I am going to be talking about Adrian. I'm going to go uh, go back and do Surreal Life Season 4 so that I can do my Fair Brady. Oh, I love that. I'm obsessed. But, like, it's just so funny because she was, like, talking. She talked to Kate about how, you know, when this show was so new that, mm-hmm. like, during her era of it, like, when she was let go, or not let go, but when, like, when it was over, she couldn't get a job. And, like, it was really hard for people to take her seriously. Like, she was basically, like, blackballed like nobody wanted to have anything to do with her no like real like brands wanted her to be wearing their clothes because she was like that girl from a reality tv show yeah it's so funny because like i she was like has been notorious for having had such a hard time and like has such like a beef with tyra like because she feels yeah. like, like set up for failure or whatever but now it's like these all these other girls like they were just on the show for like half a minute and they've at least gotten like one modeling contract you know yeah they really were at that sweet spot where it was like the show was proven to be successful it was like a cultural phenomenon and they were able to really like profit off of like that peak peak moment of mm-hmm. top model history where it was the whole entire world was engaged with it and like you know it's just it's crazy how different things were just in that short time mm-hmm. um and so yeah even leslie like she was i think one of the youngest she was only 18 it says that after she left the show um she went back to school but dropped out to pursue modeling and she's even been signed to elite model management and ford models Um, And so then Molly Sue, the girl who got eliminated this episode, actually has become an incredibly successful international model, like one of the most successful models to come out of the top model franchise. Wow. Yeah. So she relocated to Paris and she was featured as one of Paris's top models in Photo Magazine. And she's done, I mean, her campaign list was so long. I just like picked some of the highlights, but she was in French Cosmo, Russian Vogue, Japanese Vogue, and Italian Vogue. Oh my god, I love that for her. And like tons of campaigns, she did like Levi's, like all kinds of stuff and has been like signed to like all kinds of international agencies. Like there was like a a Greek agency, Parisian agency, like Italian agencies, just like all over Europe Um, and internationally. Molly Sue was really big. And so um, there was this website that I was on, I think it was like antm411.com. And so it has like the profiles on each of the girls and it shows all of their pictures from like the photo shoots they did on top model. And then if they're like actual, you know, like working models, it has some of um, their photographs from their portfolio as well. And Molly Sue's is extensive and versatile. Let me tell you. Oh my God. I'm actually looking at her. 
I'm looking at her right now. Like, I'm actually blown away. Right? Like, isn't yeah. it amazing? It's, she's 29 different people in one body. She literally looks different in every single photo. And there's, like, one where she has, like, long black hair. And I was just like, I can't even tell. Like, it looks like a completely different person. Good for her. I know. I'm really proud of her. Because yeah. she was, like, she really wanted to do this. And she just, like, was kind of shit on, like, in her time on Top Model. Yeah, like, she was, like, one of the girls that you would expect, like, kind of the least from. So it's cool that she mm-hmm. went on. Yeah, okay, I just got to the long black. I have to, like, put my phone down. I just got to the long black hair picture. I uh-huh. put my phone down. Like, I'm like, what is happening? Oh I my know. God. But, yeah, good for her. Um, and so <clears> then <throat> I just want to touch on Tyra really quick because there were just a few things that I just had to talk about um, that she's been up to since uh, ANTM. So, obviously, she hosted until Cycle 22. Um, she had her talk show until 2010. Uh, in 2011, she published a young adult novel called Model Land, based on her own experiences as being a young model. Um, she's obviously done a bunch of acting, like in TV and film. Uh, most recently, Life Size Two came out in 2018. Yeah. Did you see it? I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. When the, when I found out that Lindsay Lohan wasn't going to have like a major role, I just kind of pushed it away. <laughs> just like want nothing to do with this. Nothing to do with it. Um, also in 2018, her and her mother co-authored a book called Perfect is Boring. And so she, Tyra. I know. Um, she started dating a Norwegian photographer named Eric Osla in the 2010s, and they had their first child together via surrogacy in 2016. Um, I am very, like, pro-surrogacy, pro-egg donation, like, do what you need to do to, like, have the reproductive choices that you need to do. Yeah. So shout out to Tyra for, like, talking about that. I think it's really important. Um, and my favorite thing that I found since, uh, since Top Model, um, in 2011, Tyra enrolled in a nine-week OPM, like Owner President Management Program at the Harvard Business School. Uh, she completed the training in February 2012, earning a c- certificate, but she has since come under criticism for implying that she is a graduate of Harvard Business School. This is like the best. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget her telling, like tweeting that she was going to Harvard. This is peak Tyra to like get a certificate from Harvard and be like Harvard business graduate Tyra Banks. Like she's like doing the same thing that Black China just did. And like Black China like is now under fire and people are like, girl, we've actually heard this before from other celebrities. You're not the first to claim to have gone to Harvard and graduated in three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) It's just amazing. Um, So I think we've majorly touched on this, but I always like to say like, do these shows hold up? Are they worth a rewatch? I mean, I think for Top Model, it's like a big hell fucking yes. Be- beyond. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Especially these seasons, like, cycle four to cycle seven are just like, just like peak for me. Just amazing Top Model in- entertainment. Um, And yeah, it's like foundational reality TV that's like important to watch if you want to see like where the things that we're watching now, like, have come from yeah for sure I mean it's that's that's my personal favorite thing about watching it like it's it's like being able to understand our current pop culture so much more and like if you are listening to this and you're like a younger person who loves drag race and maybe you haven't gone back and watched a bunch of episodes of old top model like you really should I feel like I appreciate the best seasons of drag race so much more because I understand the nuances and the jokes from mm-hmm. top model like you know what i mean like this show is so formative of like our culture and mm-hmm. it's just the best actually for you i really truly 
would suggest you go and watch some of the the wackier seasons after you stopped because mm-hmm. the it's like the editing and uh how can I say this? Uh, the I can't believe I'm about to use this word to describe the show, but like the integrity <laughs> of this show actually does remain the same. It's mm-hmm. just that there's like these wacky twists, and it's fun okay. to see like like when the men are on the show, it's the I, it's identically the same show. It's exactly the same. Like the beats are the same. Nothing's different except for the fact that they like have sex in the house. Okay, send me some um, suggestions for, like, some of the better um, cycles from okay. cycle 11 to 22, and I'll, I'll see what I think. Okay, all right, cool. I actually really would, like, love to pick those. I'm going to okay. send them immediately. Yes, <laughs> please. I, I love it. I love when people, like, give me suggestions. Okay. Um, all right, well, Troy, plug what you need to plug. Where can the people find you? Um, well, my podcast is called The Smush Room, spelled S-M-U-S-H, and I always say that it's easy to find because it's not a word. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Troy McEady. It's T-R-O-Y-M-C-E-A-D-Y. Um, the Instagram for my mm-hmm. podcast is um, Smush Room Pod. And uh, yeah, you and I recorded a really fun Mama June and Honey Bear. Honey Bear? Wow, I'm tired. I worked today. I'm tired. Uh, Sugar Bear episode together that was really, 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 really good. And uh, you guys should listen to it. Honestly, yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I am, I'm a smush room completionist. I've listened to every episode <laughs> and I gotta say it's one of my favorites just because that's such a good couple to talk about. Yeah, agreed. I'm 100%. Like I, I was like blown away by how like deep and intense that actually got. Yeah, it was great. So yes, everyone, if you haven't listened to the Smush Room yet, I talk about it all the time. It's amazing. It's like, it's a foundational reality TV podcasting. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you so much. All right. And you can find me on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast and on Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod. Um, Feel free to email me at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for me to talk about, please, please, please let me know. Um, If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review. And please listen to the Smish Room and leave a five-star rating review there as well. (laughs) Thank you. All right, Troy, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I can't believe we've been talking about this for like almost two hours now. (laughs) to talk about it for like five more hours no thank you so much for having me i want to come back at some point please 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 i want to have you back soon let me know what you want to talk about this is amazing i love just give me something i love okay. your picks all right cool all right well thank you so much all right bye bye